0: The most disrespected person in America is the black woman.
1: The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Until we stand up like men and place the same penalty over the head of anyone who puts his filthy hands out to put in the direction of our women.
0: Welcome to Revolt Black News. I'm your host, Ebony K. Williams. So last week, we aired a critically important episode that was all about protecting our women. But if we are to be the honest Black news show that we are and to operate with the kind of integrity that I demand, we actually have to continue that conversation. In fact, we have to go deeper. You see, we're saying one thing with our mouth, but we're doing something else with our actions. And that has to be called out. Yes, I'm talking about accountability, and I'm talking about progress, and ultimately I'm talking about cutting the shit and getting straight to it, Black women and domestic violence. So why today? Well, we have to talk about this today because last night, the famed versus battle featured Fabulous and Jadakiss. Now, y'all know I'm well-documented and on the record with what I think about Fabulous and the culture, and specifically about how I think it is up to us, the culture and the community to hold any perpetrator of violence against black women or women of color accountable. Mm -hmm. It's not up to the victim, y'all it's actually on us. So we have to shine a big bright spotlight on this reality even when it hits close to home. Now I know it could feel like you gotta pick, right? Are we having to sacrifice our love of hip hop and of our artists in order to show up for Black women? Is that the choice? Y'all must admit it is not the choice. That is a false choice. We do not have to sacrifice hip hop or the artists that we love, but we must love them enough to hold them accountable, to have these discussions, to grow together, to be okay together. So y'all remember, we built hip hop. So that means we can make it better. So with that, we're gonna hear straight from hip hop and what does hip hop and the culture say when it comes to black women and domestic violence? Let's take a look.
2: For those that don't know, but many do know, I spent about six and a half years in prison and so many of the women that were in there, a large percentage was due to domestic violence cases that went to the extreme. People who had asked for help and what called police, who had a history and a record of incidents happening and, and nothing wasn't done.
1: Support the women, support um, all victims of domestic violence. Whenever we're doing something in the community, giving back, giving hope to the people, I'm always here for that.
3: I don't think no man should ever put their hand on a woman, especially, you know, you should always treat your woman how you would want a man to treat your mother.
2: I never realized, I guess until I went through domestic violence and the verbal abuse, that there were so many other women like that, and then you start realizing how many people are, like, behind closed doors and, like, can't get out of it. Like, I think for me, like, I never thought this would be me. Mm -hmm. That was, like, one of the worst times of my life. The second time getting attacked by a man, on love and hip-hop because first season, you know, how they edit things, whatever, Burke had slightly, like, pushed me out of a moving vehicle. Like, it, he was behind a car and it was like, and then they cut it to her it looked like I tipped his hat first, but that was the comeback. He wasn't even supposed to be driving, like, so it would just be situations and you don't know how far people are gonna go. And, I don't have time to be sitting here figuring out people's limits because once I get to rock and my eyes are burning and pineapple and they just sitting there looking at me, it's just like, what do I keep putting myself in these situations mm-hmm.
3: for? You know, looking at the video is different from being inside of it. You know what I'm saying? From the video's point, it it, lo- it looks crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I just had to internally... You know, we knew what was going on in that. Like, I don't really, like, I'm not going to speak and pull it out to right, be right. a story to for, for more. I, I don't I don't even really like engaging in it with even out, you know, even Emily being involved. It's not really a thing where I'm trying to um, excuse myself or anything of that nature. So, you know, it really was a, more like an internal thing where us just, you know, Going through the motion of what was happening, our emotions, it, it could have been a lot of things that was building up within our relationship, within our family, and I just dealt with those things. So all I can really do is apologize for being in a light that um, is not you know, showing me my best, my best self.
4: I've experienced abuse. I've um, watched my mother get abused, you know? So it's like, there's absolutely no excuse for it. No woman should ever be treated that way. Any man that puts his hands on a female is a f- idiot. He's out of his f- mind. And I was out of my f- mind at the time. I f- up, I paid for it. I'm sorry for it and I apologize for it.
3: I just think we were like the perfect like and bad combination. Like it was just good and bad together. I still love Rihanna, but it's it's I'm just gonna be honest. We would fight each other. She would hit me, I would hit her. Um, and but it never was okay.
2: My selfish decision for love could result in, into some young girl getting killed. I could not. I could not be easy with that part. I couldn't be held responsible for telling them go back, Chris. Even if Chris never hit me again, who's to say that their boyfriend won't? Who's to say that they won't kill these girls? And these are are young girls.
0: Okay, y'all, today's episode is about progress. And ultimately, it's about healing as a collective community. So helping us with this work is an expert in the field, Charlene Allen. Charlene is doing powerful work, groundbreaking work, in something called restorative justice around the community collective. And joining her is the son of the late great big pun, Chris Rivers. And Chris is sharing a personal account as it relates to domestic violence. Also joining us in the show are two powerful hip hop journalists, Sylvia Obell and Lawrence Burney. Both of them have written brilliant pieces on this topic for various outlets, and they're gonna help us unpack exactly where hip hop has shown up and maybe not shown up for black women. Also, we're going to hear firsthand accounts of survivors detailing their own experiences and how the community and the collective can be essential to their healing. We've got that and so much more on this critically important episode of Revolt Black News. So stay with us. Next up are your headlines. Welcome back to Revolt Black News. Here are today's headlines. Both the Mississippi House of Representatives and its Senate has approved a bill to remove the Confederate emblem from the official state flag. Let's take a
3: look.
4: I don't apologize uh, for being emotional. I have lived through some things with this flag. And as uh, they told Dr. King to wait, uh, time for waiting is over.
0: Mississippi state voters will have to approve a new design before the appointed committee can make the new flag official. Now, when I was in law school, I actually competed in a competition on the campus of Ole Miss. And I remember, that state flag being in the corner of my eye and seeing that rebel flag, that's what we call it down south, in my purview. And it impacted me. It was a reminder as to where this country thought I once belonged. So on a very personal level, I am extremely happy for the state and the citizens of Mississippi to be moving finally in the right direction. A married couple in St. Louis who claimed they were in fear of their lives pulled out guns on protesters in their neighborhood. Let's take a look. Reports are saying that two weeks ago, when CNN contributor Van Jones praised President Trump's police reform initiative, he was actually referring to a design that he'd helped create with Derek Kushner. Now Van Jones is on record via Twitter denying the allegations. With 10 million global cases of COVID-19 and 500,000 deaths, 14 U.S. states are considering a second shutdown. The U.S. has 2.64 million cases of COVID and 128,000 deaths. In a 5-4 decision, the U.S. Supreme Court blocked a Louisiana abortion law that would have required doctors to have admitting papers at a nearby hospital that would have likely closed two out of the three clinics. Now, we're seeing a lot of these 5-4 decisions from the U.S. Supreme Court, and all it does, y'all, is underscore how critically important it is to vote in this November's presidential election. Because again, who are those justices on that court? Well, they are appointed by the sitting president, and then they are confirmed by the U.S. Senate. Critically important. We actually saw Chief Justice John Roberts in this particular decision in Louisiana rule with the liberal justices on the court, but know that that doesn't always happen, so we have to vote. New York Mayor Bill de Blasio and city council have reached a deal to cut $1 billion from the NYPD's budget. Now those funds are gonna be reallocated to community service initiatives to help quote, underlying issues.
5: In the next three weeks in negotiation with the city council, we're going to decide the budget for the city. We are praying there's action on the stimulus in Washington. We're asking Albany to help give us a last resort with borrowing authority. All these questions up there, I'm not answering you today because we will do that as a part of negotiation. But
0: Reallocating that money is a great thing. Certainly, police cannot be tasked with doing everything that the community needs. They're simply not prepared for it. So by taking a billion dollars and reallocating it towards initiatives with mental health communities, homelessness communities, and youth advancement communities, we are really putting people and the citizens of New York in a better position. Nicole Young, Dr. Dre's wife of 24 years, filed for divorce, citing irreconcilable differences. Now, separate and apart from that divorce filing, Dr. Dre is going to be mentioned additionally on this show because he is one of many men in hip-hop that has a reported past of violence against women. Sources say that an agreement has been made between the NBA and the Players Association. This agreement will allow the players to replace their last names on the back of their jerseys with a social justice statement. Again, I think the NBA tends to get these things right these days. See, these players have built and created huge platforms and it is only fitting that they be allowed to use these platforms in a way that benefits them and their communities. And in the 100th anniversary to the formation of the Negro Leagues, former U.S. presidents literally tipped their hat to the milestone. Let's take a look.
1: Today, I'm tipping my hat to everybody in the Negro Leagues who left a century-long legacy of talent and spirit and dignity on our country. I want to tip the hat of
5: my favorite baseball team, the Texas Rangers, uh, to honor 100 years of the Negro League. The Negro Leagues made baseball better and America better.
0: And that's it for today's headlines. We'll be right back with more Revolt Black News. So welcome back to Revolt Black News. I'm joined now by two hip hop journalists that are doing critically important work for the culture. Sylvia Obell and Lawrence Burney have both written powerful pieces on this exact topic, how hip hop does or does not show up for black women. So welcome to both of you. I wanna start with this. Uh, Now, collectively, we all know that the culture is, is very good for saying how much we love and protect black women, indeed. I'll start with you on this, Sylvia. In your estimation, based on your work and your research, does hip hop do enough to show up and protect Black women.
2: Um. Yeah, I think we all know the answer to that is no. You know, I think it's more an idea that we would love to believe versus an action and like that we see happening throughout the genre or the, the industry. Period. Is this shit hitting different with us because in Hollywood's Me Too movement,
0: the victims were white women, and when it comes to when we're talking about what's going on within hip hop culture and uh, the misogynoir and just the fat out uh, uh, abuse and assault. Because the
2: victims are Black women. Because that's what it looks like to me. I'll be frank. Yeah, I mean, absolutely that's the case. You know, I think we are always at the bottom of the totem pole. I think our allegiance to our race and our people also has something to do with it. Even me writing the story I wrote when I wrote it. We had, you know, me and my team had done a ton of Weinstein coverage. And Mm -hmm. um, the second, you know, it hit Twitter, a lot of Black men wanted to know if I had written about white men first before they would even consider reading the story. And I think the thing we often forget is that while it may seem like when we talk about hip-hop specifically that we're prioritizing um, demonizing Black men, I think Mm -hmm. the other way to look at it is that we're prioritizing Black women.
0: The girlfriend of the late rapper XXX uh, Takashian, right? So his girlfriend made allegations that he strangled her while pregnant, uh, had her in false imprisonment, would not let her out of Capacities in the house and all kinds of uh, other habitual acts of abuse. This woman, even when she showed up with love and his and his vigil, was harassed. She's been harassed at her job. All of these things. So, kind of, what's, let's start with us as black women, even right?
2: right. Where is our accountability? I think you know the sad truth about it is is that black men are not the only um people who were raised in the patriarchal patriarchal society. We black women were too, right? And I think a lot of black women had to shed the idea a lot of the ideas that we were taught are just how things are right and i mm. think it's innate we were all raised to protect each other innately it's sad when it's to our own detriment and it's like how do we choose each other like it because it's even like to your point in those moments you see how much harder black women go for Black men than vice versa.
0: Yeah, Lawrence, obviously it was so important when we booked this segment to have uh, a Black male journalist as well, because like Sylvia said, we we, we really don't do demonizing the Black men here at Revolt Black News, right? Um, But we do want to have an accountability conversation and we do want to have an open dialogue so that we can get to healing, which is really the goal here. This episode came about, right? Uh, The previous episode of Revolt Black News was called Say Her Name. And it was under the auspice that Black lives simply cannot matter until the lives of Black women matter, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a very interesting parallel. And one of the reasons that I titled this episode, Are We Hypocrites? Because that's what this episode Y'all Are On is called. Are We Hypocrites? Because we must ask mm-hmm. ourselves that question in a very serious way, right? Because when it comes to when law enforcement uh, shoots and kills Black men and women mm-hmm. uh, on camera even, and in and, and ways that are extremely obvious, what do we hear a lot of our uh, silent white Uh, sisters and brothers say, well, we we don't know all the facts. Let's wait for more evidence to come out. Let's not be so quick to judge. And when we hear that bullshit, we get angry because we know what that is. We know that is an attempt to not engage in the reality of the uh, extinction of black life. That is exactly what that is. So why is it, do you think Lawrence, that when uh, it is black women that are at the other hand of violence, oftentimes against, uh, done at the hands of other black men. Why is it that we make those same arguments? We make parallel arguments as the culture, right? Well, we don't really know yet. Well, there was no verdict yet. Well, let's wait and see more evidence. I mean, I'm I'm puzzled. And to me, that shows about hypocrisy. And I'd love to see your take on why those, it's almost like we take on the posture of the oppressor when it comes to these situations. And it's, it's mind boggling
4: yeah this this is actually a conversation I've been having with a lot of um people in my in my friend group um in my close circle especially as of late over the past like month and a half or so um especially as tensions have been rising a lot of black men some in in some way take take any uh public um holding of accountability of black men personally um mm-hmm. and i think because of that men have this uh weird allegiance to themselves in a sense where it's like if they side with anybody that is taking black men to test that they're somehow betraying their own kind um and and that's you know
0: how we know that Lawrence you know how we know that for sure and I think it was in your piece Lawrence um it was one of y'all's fantastic pieces talking about when Spotify, suspend the streaming of uh, XXX XXXTakashian's uh, music because of the allegations and how widespread they were. And then Kendrick Lamar says, if y'all do that, I will pull all my music from you. And then he was amplified by Tia, who said, you know, basically salute. You know, that it's exactly what you're speaking about, Lawrence. It's this blanket solidarity amongst Black men, at least in this instance, right? That flies in the face of, of of just the reality of the fact that Black women are hurting. Black women are being killed. Black women are three times more likely than white women to die at the hands of domestic violence. And yet it's this very, to me, like, it's just a very unnatural. You said it best, Sylvia. It's a very unnatural response we're seeing from Black men because I don't believe in my heart that T.I. doesn't love and protect Black women. I don't believe that. I don't believe in my heart. Kendrick Lamar, doesn't have love and protection for black women, but when it comes time to show up in a way that holds the accountability for our protection, we don't see that action.
4: I don't think anybody is saying that that individual black men don't love black. I'm sure they love the women in their lives. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure they love their, their mothers, their cousins, their sisters, but that's not enough. Black men, um, when they do take each other to task, is like, what if this was your mother? What if this was your sister? And I think that um, that underlines one of the biggest issues when it comes to us As, moving yeah. forward is that it, it's not a. We have to look deeper than our personal connections. That's problematic. I agree with you.
2: Yeah.
4: And if you are still stuck in the in in a mindset that where when somebody says black men are trash, they they internalize that so much where it's yeah. like, why are you internalizing this? If if you know that you are not one of these people that upholds all these all these things that, that, that is a harm to black women, then why would you be upset? It, My mother says
0: a uh, hit dog, a holler. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's, that kind of says it all right there, right? Sylvia, Lawrence, I wanna thank you both for such a vulnerable and powerful conversation. In fact, we're gonna pick this conversation up a little later in the show. But first, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back with more Revolt Black News.
2: Music is powerful. It has the ability to connect us to moments both past and present and it greatly influences things like our identity and purpose depending on our personality and mental state. Now some people have a bad connotation about a certain genre in music and that genre is hip-hop. They believe that hip-hop music and artists are sharing more than simply just art and some of those people are actually right. Now don't get me wrong of course we don't have to group all hip-hop artists together Because they don't all make intentionally concerning choices, however, there's definitely a few of them whose music feeds into the negativity that is influencing society. I will say that I think that it doesn't help the issue when you have different artists that are saying, I'm a smack bitch or I'm going to give them the pimp hand or whatever, what have you. It makes it seem like it's okay. And what's making it worse is that we're continuing to support these artists, which I will not name. We are continuing to support these artists that are putting all of these domestic violence messages in the music, but yet and still we still put Money in their pockets, but yet, and still, us as women are like, fight the power, and we gotta be women empowerment, but we can't exactly do that if we're supporting the artists that are not supporting
3: us. I just want to come on here and say that hip hop has been and always will be one of the most raw, influential, and impactful forms of art expression within our black community. And I feel as though we've used this to talk about some of the struggles that we face, talk about some of the uh, empowering moments within our community, but sometimes it can also work to our detriment. And I feel as though that is specifically highlighted in domestic violence, which is perpetuated by some of the lyrics and some of the language that is used in some of our music.
0: Welcome back to Revolt Black News. I'm joined by Charlene Allen. Charlene does work that is community collaborative in the space of intimate partner violence. Also joining me is Chris Rivers. Chris is a dope MC who just happens to be the son of the legendary Big Pun. And I wanna thank you both for joining me for a candid and vulnerable conversation that's gonna empower and inform, I already know that. Um, and on a topic that, let's face it, when it comes to black and brown communities, you know we like to keep this stuff hush hush, uh, but we know that the growth and the healing Uh, requires the conversation. So thank you both. I'm gonna start with you, Charlene. And I have to say, even though I'm a board member of Safe Horizon, which is our nation's largest victim assistance uh, program when it comes to uh, abuse and violence, I am still very much learning. And when I have gotten an education on the type of work that you're doing, the groundbreaking work that you're doing involving community collaborative work, It's eye-opening. So just tell us a bit about that work, Charlene, and how it is poised to really make a difference when it comes to intimate partner and domestic
5: violence. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me, first of all. So our work is a community collaboration of nine community-based organizations who are throughout New York City. So working in different communities, black and brown communities, uh, religious communities, what have you. And the idea of this work is very much suited to the moment we're in. Um, We're all still learning about domestic violence. It is an evolving thing. We're all still learning what are the best ways to keep people safe to respond to that. But what we have known for decades now is that Black and brown women, people in particular, do not use the systemic responses to intimate partner violence, right? We use them in lower proportions than other communities. And by and large, the vast majority of any people in our country who are affected by um, intimate partner violence do not call The police do not use system response Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons, and you know it feels like I don't even need to go into those reasons at this. To the why, right? We 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 know why. We know know the why of it. What we haven't known is the what to do about it in response in a in a really systematized way. I think it's important to say, you know, black and brown folks, like all communities, have figured it out. We've figured out ways to respond and keep each other safe. But work sometimes and don't work other times. But as you started out saying, we're often real hush hush about it, right? We're often real nervous about being able to put our stuff out there, air our dirty laundry. And so what this collaborative is about is bringing community more into that conversation and creating the things that you can rely on as a response to your very particular needs, When you are armed in a relationship. And what we're here to do for you is create something in this community that involves other community members Mm. rather than the court system. And that's going to respond to your specific needs. So we might, maybe what you need is some support. Maybe your mom and your sister and your friends are telling you, you made your bed and lie in it. Or maybe they're, you know, Mm. they're like, "Eh, give it another chance or whatever they're saying Maybe you need a community circle with them to be able to air what's going on and come to some conclusions about what support looks like for you. Maybe you need to do something specific with the person who's harming you, but you need to think about what, how to do that safely and whether or not they are ready for something like that. So, Chris, obviously, your father, the legendary Big Pun, one of the greatest MCs, uh, hip hop
0: and the cultures ever known. And in the wake of his passing, certainly, um, you know, there's there's this complication a bit for many folks around his legacy as it relates um, to the allegations of abuse um, mm-hmm. that, that your mother suffered and things of this nature. But, Chris, I do want to ask you a bit about what it was like, though, for you growing mm-hmm. up, obviously, as a kid yourself um, in that environment. And, you yeah. know, just share, you know, what, what you can Definitely. with us about that, the impact it had on you then and now that you're this, this grown man in your own right how you no, think of it course. Still maybe shows up for
1: you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think, um, uh, talking about now, uh, especially, um, you know, a lot of children that grew up in houses of domestic violence, uh, they often exhibit a lack of confidence in themselves, you know, like, and for me, like it was a, it was a confusing environment, to grow up in where, um, you know, because he he did his best to be a good father as well in the ways that he knew. And he raised me to be, yeah. you know, I was the only boy. So he told me, like, you know, you have to protect your sisters and you have to protect your mother. Yeah. And when I'm gone, you have to be a provider and you have to make sure that they're always safe. And on the same hand, uh, you know, with my, with my young mind, I was unable to I, I was watching him create an unsafe environment. You know what I mean? Sure. So I had to be the protector, but and the same person telling me to be the protector is also creating an unsafe environment. So it was very confusing and I wanted to I wanted to protect my family, but I was unable to and that powerlessness Uh, trickled into every area, my not every area, but a lot of areas in my life as an adult where it might be, uh, you know, a simple lack of confidence and believing in myself or even, you know, you become the, uh, you abuse yourself internally, mentally, Hmm. the way that you speak to yourself, the way that you are, Hmm. you know, the way that you treat yourself in situations where you automatically doubt. So I know that I exhibit those now. Um, I super corrected myself in a sense that I, I, you know, I I knew I wanted to grow up and be a wonderful husband and a wonderful father and always treat. Hmm. You know, women respect us. So my mother be a really powerful person. My sisters, I respect them greatly. So I treat women with a lot of respect and not saying that, you know, you have to be uh, abused or see it not happen for you to become that. But I do think that, you know, you, you some people steer and become that. And some people go the opposite way. And I, I'm glad I had the awareness. Even as a child, I knew that it was wrong. Ooh. I would consult my mother. I would uh, you know, I would hear back things. And, I, and And I knew fundamentally that what was happening was wrong. Uh, and I didn't, and I never, I don't know if I didn't have the mind state at the moment to fully understand all the nuances, but I knew that it wasn't something that, that felt good. And I knew that it wasn't something that I was supposed to do as well. You know what I mean? And it took me a long time to see, you know, uh, both sides. What, what, what it did teach me was, cause I saw the wonderful parts of him as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it made me realize from a young age that humans aren't, such simple creatures. We are in a lot of ways, but we are also very complex where what you see isn't always what you get in a lot of ways. And you have to dig deeper into the meaning of why someone does something and not just see what they do. And to understand that, you know what I mean? And um, him passing when I was six, I got to know him a bit when I was alive, but a lot of my growth with knowing him was through music, where he's apologized Mm -hmm. for, where he explained his life, Mm -hmm. where he said a lot of things. And also uh, just stories that I hear, and it's always so many different perspectives where, what 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 amounts to a person? You know what I mean? Is it is it is it one thing? Is it many things? And I think it's the many. And uh, yeah, yeah, like you know, and even now, you know, I'm learning how to uh, still have more confidence in myself and to get rid of those subtle nuances that trickled into my adulthood that made me feel powerless then and maybe now. But you know, we always do have the power to reclaim our own. And um, you know, it's important. And I'm, I'm grateful for my experiences and what it taught me. You know,
0: Chris Rivers, my God, Charlene Allen, the vulnerability. Uh, the leadership, uh, just the the level of information and resources you guys have both provided in this conversation are profound. I'm personally very grateful to you both because everybody's not able and everybody's not willing. So thank you both. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about hip hop's role in all of this and and how perhaps hip hop culture has been complicit and tolerant of, of domestic violence and violence in the home and ways that the culture can do better around it. You're watching Revolt Black News. We'll be right back.
2: I'm a survivor I don't think I've said that out loud It's something that I know about It's something that I lived through That I've recovered from It's rewarding for me to help these other women Transform their lives And by doing that I kind of In a way heal the hurts of my own past It's a difference between literal life and death. And I would advise women to choose life. Do whatever you need to do to survive. Yeah, be strong, but don't stay. Don't stay. People always ask me, how do you get through this? How do you get through this? Because I find in everything that's wrong, I find something that's right.
0: Welcome back to Revolt Black News. We're going to pick up right where we left off with Sylvia and Lawrence talking about hip hop and protecting black women. So I wrote an op-ed piece in essence last year on the heels of Fabulous's interview that he did with Ebro uh, because I was very confused. Um, not that Fabulous was, was promoting his music or that he was doing interviews, but how do you avail yourself to a platform in our culture and not really be asked about it in a legitimate way? and not really be held account to give answers in a legitimate way. That was my problem, because when, um, what do the kids say, when the disrespect is public, then the apology needs to be as public. So it's like, you know, that narrative of, you know, this is just family business, and we're going to take care of this behind closed doors. But that doesn't really work, right? When the whole culture has seen videotape of what looks to be you knocking this woman's teeth out and threatening her father. We all know Fabulous was just on the versus battle just last night, Right. And I don't know about y'all's timelines, but I, I, I saw nary a mention of the fact that this, this man um, pled guilty actually to assault charges that were similar in, or related rather to that incident of, of him knocking out Emily's teeth allegedly. And yet we don't even speak on it. I don't think we should cancel Fabulous or cancel any of these men. But what I want these men to do is be willing to come to your community and your people and your families, because that's really what we are. We are a culture of family. And, 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 and talk about how you got to that place. How does it get to a point? You know, Whether it's your own childhood trauma, whether it's um, growing up in a, a, a just generally traumatic and violent environment, and you don't know how to make the distinctions between where that violence comes in and out of your home. Uh, whatever it is, not to excuse the behavior, but so that we can have understanding, right? And we can have growth. But to, to uh, like you said, Sylvia, to allow many, many, many of these artists, from Dr. Dre to Nas to Fabulous to, you know, w- to the dream, we'll be here all day, right? And these men have at least heavy speculation around their history of violence towards Black women and women of color, and we say nothing. I can't understand mm-hmm. it, Lawrence. I can't understand how in this moment where we are so mm-hmm. angry and so heartbroken at a nation that is silent on our collective Black trauma how we allow internally to be silent at the trauma of black women.
2: I think you've made some excellent points. And I do think the biggest frustration, like you said, is that we see this abuse happen or it's talked about publicly and then all the reconciliation and whatever accountability may have happened, happens behind closed doors. And that breeds a very unhealthy environment because we want to pretend that we are all these independent thinkers. They influence, people they influence the culture that's the whole point of this and it's like the reason why abuse is so accepted amongst black people is because we've seen this sweeping of it under the rug right and I think it would be such it would make such a huge difference to me if men like fabulous were like I did it and this is how I you know, don't rob her of that truth. You know what I mean? Like be, I think sure. even if you just, it's the accountability, like I said, it's, with with the idea of cancel culture, it's not even that you always want somebody to, I don't like the term because I don't think a lot of times when people are trying to end somebody's career, I didn't go to very extreme and like um, specific circumstances, right? But a lot of times it's just about wanting accountability and you can't have accountability until you have honesty and truth. Also with women, you know, I, I hate when we put the pressure on, the victim mm. to be her own um, like justice seeker because it's mm. like can you imagine it's like she's going like everything that Emily in that in this case was going through that woman shouldn't have to ask you to say that this is wrong you should just that burden should not be on her
0: Emily B or, or and, and many 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 women in her position they're caught up in their own abuse cycle my God right. well, how can how can we expect these women to, like you say, then step on the vanguard of being their own protectors and policing the culture. Get the hell out of here. So I, and listen, I I wanna be clear. I invited many, many, many men, uh, black men in hip hop who have, uh, you know, been caught up in domestic violence situations to come on this show because I wanna have that conversation. You know, I'm not, I have a a reputation in the business that Mm -hmm. precedes me. I don't do gotcha interviews. I'm not trying to tear nobody down. I'm wanting to have that exact dialogue, Sylvia. Where, where we say, this is, this is where I, I messed up. This is where I didn't know better, perhaps. Or this is maybe just where I made a shitty, awful choice. But this is how I'm doing it now. This, these are the tools I avail myself to and avail my family to, to help us get on a pathway to healing. That's the dialogue I want to have. Because yeah. that, like you said, that influences the whole culture, right? So B, what do you think the culture should do by way of separate? Because that's the argument. That we can love the artist. We can love mm. the art, but we can condemn the wrongful behavior. What say you to that? And then Lawrence, I'll, I'll get your take on it.
2: Um, I, think, like you, I think it's a case-by-case case situation. I don't think that there's a blanket statement for it. Like you said, like, I think in cases like R. Kelly, where if you're streaming his music, your funding because like is the abuse or is that activity still happening?
4: Lawrence, your yeah. take on that, where we should be with the yeah. cancel culture and all of it. I don't know how you can reconcile still listening to somebody like mm-hmm. that, knowing what we all know. Um mm-hmm. but overall, even just like the, the overall theme of this episode, Are we hypocrites? I think in the short answer is yes, because
2: yeah
4: if we if we believe that hip hop um if we want to create a space where hip hop can evolve, like where we can have Fifty year old rappers, we can have forty old rappers, um, and we want to listen to them. And we want to, uh, we want them to give us game on how they're evolving as people. You know, the same way as I can learn from Jay Z in his early twenties and him trying to break into the industry. The same way as I'm going to value him being open about cheating on his wife. Um, the mm-hmm. same thing with somebody like Fabulous, like Fabulous. You know, and I, I tweeted the same thing yesterday about like I'm I can't watch this versus battle knowing what I know. Fabulous, that I'm, and I'm, and I'm even more so disappointed, and not really just fabulous, but everybody involved with verses where they yeah. will give him this platform because, and, and and so in so many ways, that's an endorsement. Um, mm, yeah, you can dance around that as much as possible, but if you know what you know, it can't be. We can't pick and choose how we how we say like this is a family. You know, family mm. is about protection, but you can't. Why are you only protecting one? party in that situation is his wife not worth protecting as well like what message are we sending to the women you know the message I think
0: we're sending Lawrence I think we're sending a message plainly spoken that we love the music so damn much right we We love the music so much right that we will not that we can overlook everything we can overlook everything
4: yeah that's unfair and and really it's a disservice to the advancement of hip-hop culture yes Um, even when I tweeted that about Fabulous, like somebody uh retweeted, quote retweeted me and said, um, that was never proven the thing with his wife. I was like, Well, exactly. it was also never refuted. Like Fabulous, And actually say- he
0: did he actually did plead guilty to yeah, related charges. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
4: he, so he, he did he yeah. did plead guilty. And And again,
0: when white when white people say that about the killing of Ahmad Arbery, when white right. people say that about well, Mike Brown's hands weren't up. Out of here, and it's we like quit saying, to call them on that, right?
2: It, it's like, did we? It's like people saying, "Well, we don't have a video of Breonna Taylor." How we're all saying we want justice for Breonna Taylor because we believe mm. that she was shot by the police. We have right. no video of that. We technically, right. you know what I mean, but it's like, sorry, like thinking no, 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 that's our that. hypocrisy. Yeah, that's our hypocrisy. it's, it's hypocrisy, our show. it's our
4: hypocrisy. Yeah. I also think I also think a, a, a big issue um with this is a lot of black men, um, and and I say this as a black man who who was in the same position as well, Um, a a lot of black men primarily have these conversations with other black men exclusively. They don't talk to black women. They don't have black women in their close circle. They don't have black queer people. They don't have black trans people who they know and can call on the phone and meet up. and, And because of that, you're not thinking about these people when you're assessing what's going on in our culture. You all The only perspective you have in your mind is that of another Black man, so that's the only person that you can empathize with. Um, yeah, we I, created an echo chambers.
0: I'll say this in conclusion. Like I said, I, I've, I've evolved uh, on my issue in terms of cancellation, but I do think you're right, Sylvia. I think there are certain instances where... Um, There is no turning back. I think R. Kelly is the perfect example of that because it is ongoing behavior. Um, It's something that we've known for too long now, but it's very much a case by case basis. Sylvia Obell, Lawrence Bernie, I'm gonna thank you both again for this uh, incredible, uh, vulnerable and really uh, empowering conversation. Listen, I have no doubt that the culture and that hip hop loves black women. But the reality is Hip-hop has historically been a safe haven for some perpetrators of violence against our queens. And that's a fact. Time's up on that, as of right now. You see, to the question as to are we hypocrites when it comes to the universal full-throttle protection of our Black women, yes, we are hypocrites on that issue. We know that because in many instances we have chosen to remain silent co-conspirators of the violence, harm, and even death of our black women, sometimes at the hands of our own. And you see the same way that we are rightfully requiring white people in this moment to vocally and enthusiastically disassemble systems of systematic racism and black subordination and white supremacy, see that same energy? We have to apply that same energy to ourselves, y'all. We have to stand up and use our voices collectively as a black people and as a hip hop culture to say no more. We are actually going to protect our queens. And you know what we do when we do that? We give hip hop another generation. We further sustain a genre that we all love and is so intrinsically a part of our culture. And see, I don't think hip hop is stuck. I think similar to one of my guests in tonight's episode said, Hip-hop actually honors itself by creating the space for Black women to speak their truth. And when we do that, y'all, that's how we protect our queens. This is Revolt Black News. I'm Ebony K. Williams.